0: share with you for a little while about uh, what I see coming, share a couple of fresh dreams that have been sent to me. I, uh, I love these dreams if you can't tell. I think uh, we've moved into a, a new release of the prophetic anointing and flow and part of that is, is dreaming, visions, Prophecy will go to, to a new level. Words of knowledge will go to a new level, accompanied by signs and wonders, miracles, gift of faith. We're about to see some of these things engage again in a, a, a fresh way, but at a higher level than we have ever seen before. Uh, God is working behind the scenes right now to do things that are Preparing the body of Christ for what he wants to do. He is working on us. He is probably doing more to us right now than through us. And I don't mean to us in a negative sense, I mean within us to prepare us. Because he has to have a people that are ready for what he wants to do because he does it through us, right? So he is working. Uh, tremendously, and uh, some of it, we won't know fully what he's been doing until we begin to move in uh, the fruit of it, but that's okay, we just trust that he's working, amen? And he is working, he's working in wonderful ways. I think I'll read a few verses from the book of Acts, that's kind of a revival book, isn't it? So I'm going to read a few verses from there just to uh, launch us into the message and then share a few insights that I feel are right for us today. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had come, my translation says, a better translation would be had fully come. It reached its fullness, a fullness of time. They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent, rushing wind. I love the word wind there, by the way, because the violent, the rushing wind in Greek describes uh, uh, just that. Almost like a tornado, cyclone wind. They could hear the wind all over the city. They followed the wind to the upper room. That's why they went there to see what was happening, because this tornado came through town. But it landed on a building, and the building wasn't destroyed, so they came to see what this was. Then they saw fire on their heads. It was quite a day for these people, wasn't it, watching this? But the word wind is a different word, and it's a word that means a gentle puff of breath. And so it's the, it's the It's Holy Spirit breathing again the breath of life into a people. It's the restoration of what was lost in Genesis 1. And it's only used, this word, this form of the word is only used twice in the New Testament, both times by Luke in his gospel and here, Luke wrote the book of Acts. And Luke was a doctor. Do you know that? Not a PhD, a, a medical doctor. MD. And he uses this term because of his medical background. Because this is a word that is sometimes defined as the breath of beginnings. because It's the word that describes a baby's first breath. <laughs> That's what happened in the upper room. Holy Spirit came with tornado force, breathing, coming from heaven, stood up 120 people and breathed into them the breath of life and the church was born. It's coming again. I'm going to read about that in a minute. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Look at chapter three, verse 19. Peter is preaching a few days later after the man has been healed at the gate named Beautiful. And a crowd gathers because the whole city knew this man, the whole nation knew who this man was. He was blamed from birth, had never walked, sat there every day begging for alms. When he was healed, news spread so quickly that thousands of people gathered to the temple, to this gate area to see him. Uh, Within minutes, thousands of people were there. Peter began to preach to them, took advantage of the situation. This is part of what he said. Repent, therefore, and return that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Refreshing is also a word that has the breath word in it. Anasuxis, it means the blowing of the breath or wind of God again intensely. That's the literal definition of this word. The blowing of breath again with intensity. Peter is saying, what happened in that upper room wasn't just for us. It's also for you. And if you will listen and obey, do what he's saying right now, turn to him. This same, That same wind or breath will come to you. That's what he's saying to us today as well. That he may send Jesus, times of refreshing come to the presence of the Lord. They may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period or Time, and that's a plural word, times of restoration of all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. So he says here, we're in seasons or periods of restoration, or the reconstituting is a good word for that. The, the reconstituting, changing things back to the way it's supposed to be, the way it was written, the way it was designed. So we're in season after season after season where God is reconstituting things And He does it through the blowing of His wind. We go from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength, revival to revival, awakening to awakening, reformation, reformation, reconstituting to reconstituting to reconstituting. We're about to move into another season of reconstituting. Transformation, reformation. But the reformation won't come until the awakening comes. When revival comes and the conscience of people is awakened, they begin to, they begin to respond to God. They, they want to know what He thinks. They want to know what He says. They, they want to they know what the Word says. Something comes alive in them. It's written in their hearts. When they hear it here, something resonates in them here because His Word is written in them. And right now, they don't care what God thinks. But then they will care what God thinks. Half the church right now doesn't believe the Bible is uh, half of the evangelical church does not believe this is the literal infallible word of God, but they will. Right now they think most of them right now think this is a history book and it suggests things, but we have to take it and adapt it. And we, we can't really take it literally today for, uh, for what it says because times change. But how many of you know truth doesn't change? Truth is not relative. Truth is absolute. So we have a humanistic culture that believes that truth is a relative. They're seculars. They believe God and spiritual things should be kept separate from government and life in general. It's for a very limited time on a Sunday morning. Keep it in church. That's what secularism says. And so that's what they believe. But God will awaken the spirit, bring it to life, fill them with his spirit. And suddenly, and this is going to be the biggest game changer that allows us to reform and reconstitute a nation and change laws because we won't just be changing them on paper. They're going to change here. And then when an issue comes up in society where people just want to debate and talk about it, more people than not are going to be wondering, well, what does God think about this? What, what the Bible says? Right now you tell them what the Bible says. They don't think, well, maybe I'm, okay, well, whatever. I'm not sure I care what that, about that. But they will care at the end. Because something will witness inside of them and they become hungry for the Word. You may remember back, I do, when I came to the Lord, When I gave my heart back to Christ in 1973, something happened in me. I I don't know that I could ever define it except something came alive in me and I wanted to read this book. And when I read it, it was more than a book. And what would have bored me the day before, I found myself reading for hours a day. Weeping over it, underlining it, writing in my Bible, because something came alive in me. Well, that's what's about to happen, and it's going to be a game changer. Let's read one more verse, a couple of verses. Chapter 4, verse 29, they started experiencing persecution. And they prayed and said, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence while thou dost extend thy hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed place where they had gathered together was shaken. I wonder if that's going to really happen. I wonder if there'll be places where the power of God will come into the room and the building will literally shake. I think in some nations where false Religions are so entrenched and people will need, they will need to know that they know that they know that this gospel is true. God is going to show up with incredible signs to show them. He's already started this. Dreams are happening by the hundreds in Muslim nations. I did a 15 recently and mentioned a particular Muslim nation in the Middle East, not gonna mention it right now because of what I'm about to say, but I started receiving testimonies about, and I said, I think God's about to move in that part of the world and I feel his focus on this particular nation and I received, started receiving messages telling me what God is already beginning to do in that nation. Some people say upwards of 10, 20,000 people in the, in, the, in the Muslim world are being saved every day. So great signs and wonders began taking place, but they weren't all With a person's body, God did other things to manifest who he was and that he was real. Well, when they prayed, the place where they gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen. I wanna read you some dreams, comment. I was with Flashpoint this past Tuesday night. How many of you watched Flashpoint? Awesome. It's one of the programs on the Victory Channel. Gene Bailey hosts it, and once in a while they bring me on. And they did this one live from uh, Brother Copeland's convention, the uh, whatever, Believer's Voice of Victory, I don't know what they call the convention, but that was interesting to be there and watch God bring the streams together and partner. But I had a dream recently or get sent to me from a trusted prophet. And uh, Brother Copeland was in the dream. So I'm going to read you two dreams, but I'm going to read you the first one because in the second one, he references the first one, which he wasn't in. How about that? Is that confusing? Did that come across okay? I'll read you the first one because in the dream, the second dream, that he was in, he references the first dream. So a couple of years ago, I was with Chuck Pierce up in New Jersey. And we were doing a a series of meetings around the country under a very um, specific assignment from the Lord. And God was moving and really strong ways in these meetings. And in this particular meeting, we had a uh, First Nations brother share before Chuck and I shared. We tag team in a lot of these meetings. He'll get up for 30 minutes or so, and then I'll get up for 30 minutes or so. But this time we also added a Native American brother. It's a friend of both of ours. And uh, just as a protocol thing, we asked him to go first and share for a few minutes, open the meeting, etc. So when he got up to share, he spent about 20 minutes talking to us from his heart about what he believes is God's plan and dream for America. And it really kind of focused on all of the streams and all of the people groups coming together to be an expression of god to this nation and the nations of the earth and it was one of the most weighty uh, messages i've ever heard and not because of, of a lot of new information it was when he shared his heart, you, you, you became conscious of the fact that this is God's heart. And it came with this weight of glory on it. it was the, the room was just really quiet. And everyone there knew there's something very important. This man is imparting something. He's not just giving us information Holy Spirit is trying to impart something to us through Him. And Chuck jumped up when he finished, began to prophesy, and we just started praying in the room over what he was saying, and it was a powerful time. So the next <clears throat> excuse me, the next day, a friend of mine, prophet, sent me this. He wasn't in the meeting, by the way. I dreamed you were presented a key at the meeting last night in New Jersey. After the service, when he went to bed, he had the dream. So he said, I dreamed last night that you were given a key and it was a skeleton key. Well, a skeleton key to me was one of these long metal ones that's kind of just got the little, all of those were skeleton keys to me, but that's not what a skeleton key is, a skeleton key, is, means literally a master key. And it can be like the longer, old-fashioned keys, or it can be a small one like we use nowadays. But, but technically, and if you Google it, this is what it'll tell you, a skeleton key is a master key, so I'm going to insert that. I dreamed you were presented, and he, he did too, by the way. He had looked it up, and he said, in my dream, I saw this, and it was a master key. So I dreamed you were presented a master key at the meeting last night. Well, I knew what what the key was. The key was the revelation this man shared with us of God's heart for this nation, which included all people, all races. He said, after that, Chuck prophesied to the to the atmosphere chuck began prophesying in the dream to the atmosphere and a keyhole appeared you inserted the key in the spirit realm up into the atmosphere and turned until a doorway was opened and a voice spoke from the spirit And the voice said, Welcome into an ancient pathway reserved for this time. So, this is planned, this is old in the sense of God's plan, but we're just now moving into it. Welcome into an ancient pathway reserved for this time. Here are the resources needed to complete the turning of the nation. I prayed over that for a good while. I've done a lot of thinking about it and praying into it. I've I've rehearsed the things my brother said that night. And I've asked the Lord, numerous times to give me more insight on this. and uh, I feel like he is. I feel like he's sharing what it all means. But one thing that really I've locked into by faith is the statement, here are the resources needed to complete the turning of the nation. I'm going to paraphrase it this way. You have everything you need now to turn this nation around. Let me say it this way, God talking now. Everything I need to do in my people, I've done. We have everything we need. Everything we we have everything we need. We have the understanding. We have the revelation. We have everything we need to turn this nation. Do you believe that? Now, we're not applying it all yet. We're not operating in all of it at the level we will need to. But everything that we need, we have. So now, part of this, this that we need to be doing, that God's about to help us do, a part of this is going to be the various streams in the body of Christ coming together. This is why I believe Brother Copeland was in the next dream talking to me, because we are a part of different streams in the body of Christ. We're not, we don't, we don't lead denominations, but we have different networks and people we run with, but we have mutual respect and appreciation for one another. So there's not, when, you say, when I say a different stream, that could, that could imply Adversarial or opposition, or we don't like or agree with one another, or whatever. But that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm implying. Oh, I'm just saying, you know, you just evolve around certain group and assignments, and net, network with people that are doing that and helping you do that. And you, you just that's how that's how it works. But you can do that and still cross over and work together with others. All right. And appreciate them and and help them and and cross-pollinate, if you will. So God has been sending me dreams from people, not just one person, not just two, three, four different prophetic people in the last six months have sent me significant dreams that have to do with him bringing the, the body of Christ, various streams together. Now, that doesn't mean by that. I'm not implying that, and the dreams don't imply that uh, we'll sort of shut down this and this and start doing everything together. That's not what they say. That's not what they're saying. They're saying there's going to be a more intentional uh, determination and uh, on-purpose effort to work together, to bless one another, to help one another, to... What can we do together? Because when we do that, the Bible says synergy occurs. Some people don't know this, but the word synergy is a biblical term. Somebody wrote to me recently and said, quit using that word synergy on the post. It's a New Age word. Most of that New Age stuff is just trying to copy him and pervert it. So synergy is not a new age thing. Synergy is is a New Testament word. God created the word. He created the the principle that power is multiplied when two or more work together. That's what synergy means. If you work over here and you work over here, you add the ability. You can lift 100 pounds. You can lift 100 pounds added together, 200 pounds. But if you work together on the same load, something happens Scientifically, I think supernaturally, I think God created this law to show us how much he, he demands and loves unity and cooperation and how much he will bless our working together in harmony because if we do it together, the power multiplies. So we don't lift 200, we lift 300. That's called synergy. And he said that, that is in operation when you pray It's good for you to pray in faith and you to pray in faith. But if you pray together in faith, I multiply power. It's true. It's true with a husband and wife. You work in harmony together. If if your marriage is in agreement, there's more power there. If you're not in agreement, he said, your prayers are hindered. So God, and and the phrase is used to describe, it's usually translated working together, soon ergos, ergo, the release of energy, work, soon together, working together. But it's used to describe people working together and it's used to describe God and people working together. How about that? Come into agreement with him, he said, powers multiplied, well, I guess. So when the streams begin to work together, when the dew of Hermon rains on Zion, Psalm 133 says. You do know that's literal. The dew of Hermon rises as it gets warm in the day. The winds come and blow the clouds over to Zion and the dew of Hermon rains on Mount Zion. So when we work together and decide, I'm going to bless someone else's effort. I'm going to bless what they're doing. I'm going to partner with them. I'm going to to see how I can help them or how we can work together. When we do that, there is going to be a synergy released that multiplies power. And there there will never be a time when all Christians make the decision they're going to do that. Because some have isolated themselves so much, they've decided they're just going to work with with their people. But there are other believers right now that have made the conscious decision, I'm going to work together with the body of Christ. So, that's a long introduction to the second dream. I dreamed on July the third. Can I get a bottle of water? Somebody help me. I'm for some reason really dry this morning. Don't you wish you could just ask for a bottle of water right now? Thanks. Let me get a sip real quick before I do this. Just sit and watch me drink. Okay. Ah, oh, it's awesome. I dream, July third, twenty twenty-one. That Kenneth Copeland called Dutch. Now we don't, we don't have a relationship where we pick up the phone, and call each other. That's this is just in a dream. We know of each other. We bless each other. You know we appreciate, but we don't have a friendship. We just have mutual respect. Does that make sense? I don't want. To, I'm not trying to imply that he and I talk. But in the dream, he called me and he said, you must use the key to unlock the dam, allowing the streams to flow together as one. He said, the power From the synergy of the streams flowing as one will be the turning of the nation. By the way, I've never shared this dream publicly before. I'm doing it today because I believe it's time So let me read it again what he said you must use the key to unlock the dam so there are some things or something we know how it works you just get focused on what you're doing the group you run with sometimes it's division and you don't like the other people or Theological things divide, but sometimes it's just life. Busy. I only, only have a certain number of people I can run with. I mean how it works. It's like you with friends. So things stop this, but he says, you need to use your key to unlock the dam. Allowing the streams to flow together as one. Well, the only way I know to do that is in the spirit. It's a spiritual key. I certainly can't call all the heads of organizations and ministries and say, no, I got a word from God, you know, we need to start working together. <laughs> but evidently, evidently, I can do something in the spirit. Evidently, I have some authority from the Lord that would allow me to begin to pray and decree and start breaking this dam that is causing it not to happen and the streams begin to flow together as one. I mean, is that what you're hearing? That's what I'm hearing. You better be hearing it because you're going to help me do it in just a minute. The power... From the synergy of the streams flowing as one will be the turning of the nation. I spoke, I said, the first dream in meetings two years ago. I hadn't thought about it in a good while. I did, when when I started reading this dream, when the brother called me and told me about it and sent it to me, I started doing exactly what I did in the dream. (laughs) I said, I'm not sure what key you're talking about. Do you know how many keys have been given to me in my ministry? (laughs) Hundreds. Do you know how many prophetic words have been given to me in conjunction with that? Dozens. You have this key, you have this key. Isaiah 22, 22 key, you know. Open and close door. So in the dream, I said, To brother Copeland I'm not sure which key you're talking about he said the key you received when you and Chuck Pierce were on the east coast a couple years ago and I knew exactly what he was talking about which is why I read you that one first And then he said this in the dream. The key is for such a time as this. It's for now. Now, if God is saying do it, if he's saying you have it, and he says do it, and it's time now, we should know from that we can do it. We can do it. We can break, we can at least start the process today of breaking whatever is, would keep this from happening. And imagine how God's going to feel when this starts happening. When these kids start coming together as a family and doing some things together, I see how good and pleasant it is when they work together. It's like the precious oil it starts on the head of air and it flows down. Did you know the word good and precious are the same in Hebrew there? That means he uses the same strong Hebrew word to describe the anointing oil of Holy Spirit. He uses the very same word to describe unity. We cry out for the anointing. Maybe we should cry out for unity because he treats them exactly the same. The key is for such a time as this, he said. It has the ability to release the flow. The key has the ability to release the flow that will turn this nation and release a flow to the nations of the earth. I answered and said, I know the key. I will acquire it and unlock that which needs to be unlocked." (laughs) Copeland looked at me and stated very intensely, I'm reading from the Dreamstead. Time is of the essence. (laughs) In other words, (laughs) Come on, boy, get with it, do it, let's do this. We're going to do this in just a minute. But I'm going to read you another dream first. In fact, I'm going to read you two more dreams about the same person. Never shared these publicly either. I'm talking to a whole lot of people today on live. I don't know how many are in here, but sometimes 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 people watch these. So this dream was sent to me in May. You were sitting on a surfboard paddling with the sun coming up over your shoulders. I'm thinking, "Oh, finally I get a dream about a vacation or something." <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Hawaii maybe. You were focused and waiting on the right wave. Well, I don't surf, but I understand the concept. Charles Finney paddled up on a surfboard. <laughs> well, you know who Finney was. Maybe some of you might not, if you weren't raised in church. One of the greatest revivalists ever lived. Probably did more to birth the Second Great Awakening as a person than maybe anyone else. I mean, Finney was just uh, unique in his evangelism. Hundreds of thousands of people, entire cities came to Christ in his ministry. And whereas today we have less than 20% of people that come to Christ in our evangelistic efforts follow through and be true or truly transform and, and become a part of the church less than 20 percent and some experts say it's less than 10 percent so that means for every 100 people you see saved in a crusade 10 or 15 or 20 maybe are really something's really happening the rest is just an emotional decision and a few weeks or months later they're nowhere to be found they're right back in the world Finney. 80, some say, not over 90% of people saved in his meetings became true followers of Jesus. So we know what he represents, revival. He paddled up next to me on a surfboard and said, stay focused. The big wave is coming soon. Amazing and that's awesome. Stay focused. The big one's coming. He asked me if I could see a man on his knees on the beach. I looked and said, Yeah, but I can't make out who it is. He said, that's Father Nash. And he's been here for weeks. Well, Father Nash was the real reason for Charles Finney's success. Because Father Nash and another guy named Clary, who would, last name Clary, would worked with Father Nash a good bit, would go into places ahead of Finney and intercede for revival. So when they felt they were to go to a certain city, Finney, he would send them a couple of weeks ahead of time and they would go and intercede day and night and fast until they broke through. And Finney wouldn't show up until he knew they broke through. But when they knew they had broken through in the spirit realm, the people would be saved, then he would come and then they would keep praying while he was in the meetings. And Finney himself said later, the real key to the success is not what I'm doing out there on the stage, it's what Nash is doing behind the scenes. You should Google Father Nash and read some of the things about him. Amazing. Sometimes people were close in, in the house where they'd be staying would call for help because they 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 thought at times that Nash and his partner in there, they thought they were having physical problems because the groans became so loud they 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 said somebody got to get in and help something's wrong the the travail they would enter into was so intense finney himself said he heard nash go in the woods once and pray and he said i could hear him from a mile away crying out Well, in the dream, he said, that's Father Nash. And he'd been here for weeks. So what's that saying to us in the dream? Well, Nash is, is a picture of the intercession that's going to create this. And Finney shows up and says, it's, it's happening. He's there. This is coming. People are praying. There's a reason 40, 50,000 people will watch this because they're tuning in right now to places that are focused on revival and the ecclesia being the ecclesia and praying and believing and decreeing that it's coming. And they're hungry for it. There's a reason why they watch 15, because they're hungry for that. And they know that something resonates in them when we say it's coming. It's here. We got a birth. Come on. Let's do this. Let's do this. this. And they tune in because they know this is right. This is true. And God is showing up in dreams saying, it's happening. Don't stop. Nash. The big one is coming. Stay focused, he said. The big one's coming. If that doesn't light your fire. And then he said this. After I get a drink. Don't look back to the wave that's coming. Well, that's what you do when you surf, right? You try to catch the big one. And he said, Nash up there praying, and he looked at me and he said, Don't look back for the big one. Look forward to where the wave will take you. asked him in the dream, how will I know when the wave is approaching? He said, when Father Nash stands to his feet, you begin to paddle. In other words, we're going to take our cue from the intercessors from prayer. The intercessors, the praying church is going to know. And they're going to start telling us here we go. Get ready. The answer is going to come through prayer. He didn't say, Watch the preachers. He said, Keep your eyes on the prayer. I said to him, but Father Nash has his back to the waves. How's he gonna see it? He said, you see the other man way up the beach looking intensely out to the waves? I said, yeah, who's that? (laughs) He said, that's the Nash in your life, and he'll alert Father Nash. In other words, I'm going to have to stay connected to the intercessors and the Nashes, and listen to them and watch them and work with them and take my cue from them. So, I read you that so I could read you this. This came to me a couple days ago. I dreamed, this prophet says, August 3rd, that Father Nash asked me to travel with him to see something. As we were caught away to the location, all I could see for miles was people praying and interceding. That's awesome, isn't it? There's so many people in agreement with us right now for this revival. It's so encouraging. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go. I watch you. I'm, I'm praying with you every day. I don't miss a day. Everywhere I go. Airports, airplanes. campground. Guy walked up to me a couple days ago. Are you Doug Sheets? I know, Dutch Sheets. You got you related to a guy named Doug? Not that I know of. Man, you look just like him. I watch him every day on Facebook. Oh yeah, what, what do you watch? Something called Fifteen. I said, that's me. I'm not Doug. I'm Dutch. He said, Oh, watch you every day. Said, well, at least he watches. I don't care if he knows my name. <laughs> oh, he said, I don't miss it. People are praying. That's why they're watching it. You know that, don't you? You watch it once, you know it's not the charisma or the set. I just sit at my desk with my bookcase behind me with a little microphone, a little camera about this big in my T-shirts and <laughs> ball caps sometimes. They watch because they're praying and they know it works. There must have been at least 200,000 people, he says. Their intercession sounded like water at Niagara Falls. It was penetrating. All through this mass of people, there were people waving appeal to heaven flags. There were also American flags beginning with the earliest one to the present. I asked Father Nash who they were and his answer astounded me. These are those who came through Ellis Island to establish their newfound liberty in Christ. They came for the freedom that established America and his father God's original intent. Their intercession is for God's will to not be aborted and for the ecclesia, his war brigade, to battle as they never have before. So they were praying for us. And God's redemptive purpose for America to be accomplished. As he finished speaking, an American flag, large enough to cover the entire mass of people, settled on them. The flag was soaked and dripping with blood. Fresh blood. In the dream, this man asked, is this, is this blood that will be shed again on our soil? Father Nash said, no, no, my faithful friend. This is the blood sprinkled on the mercy seat. It never grows old, he said. Mercy, mercy. Mercy, mercy, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. It's new every morning, mercy. He then signaled, Nash signaled them, and they all stopped praying. He instructed them to pray for Dutch. That would be for all of us. Typically in these dreams, I represent the praying church. Pray for him and the war brigade, that's the ecclesia, to continue to be transformed into his special force needed in America. He said, pray for them that they continue To become a fully functioning ecclesia in this nation. The legislative, governmental arm of God. His kingdom authority functioning in the earth. Pray that they continue this. Why? Because it's working. Because it's real and because it's true. And because if we keep going, we're going to get everything he's promised us. The big one is coming. The big one is coming. reading another dream sent to me a few months ago I go back and read some of these things this one this one talked about Rachel why don't you come on up and play I'm getting ready to pray in just a second here this one talked about the wave of prayer that began in the east and rolled across America Thousands of people in this wave of prayer. And this wave of prayer was plowing into the soil of America and cleansing the very land. Well, what does shedding of innocent blood do? defiles the land. It's not only people that come under curses and judgments. The land itself does. So this wave of prayer is rolling across America. And it's plowing up evil. And, and in the dream, demons would come out of the, that furrow and scream and leave. And angels were with these people praying people, that angels were taking out demons everywhere. When you get all the way to the West Coast, in the dream we looked back and we expected to see chaos like a battlefield. Everything was pristine, healthy, and beautiful. And then, the land. As she said, "Not just the dirt. All of nature in this dream began to sing." The, the the streams were singing, and the trees were singing, and the rocks were singing, and the dirt was singing. She said, "The kid singing. It is well with my soul. It is well." My soul. Three times that chorus. It is well with my soul. At the end of the dream, the Lord shows up. <laughs> I love this dream, and he says, I have done this, and he goes back to heaven. He's coming to heal the land. He's coming. gonna read you another dream, I don't have enough time, but it's one of the past revival leaders who shows up. He says, the mantle that I had in Wales, in the Welsh revival, it's gonna be much bigger, he says, the one you're gonna have. Because I asked God for 100,000 souls, he said, God gave us whales but you're gonna need one much bigger than what I had and the mantle on him started growing angels came took it off and put it on the people he was talking to the big ones coming. think sometimes when we start praying for revival or even the salvation of a loved one, we lose focus on the fact that God desperately wants to do it, that he loves them more than you do. That you're not trying to talk him into doing something. That he's hesitant about it. That he's just saying, I need some voices to begin to cry out. Because that's how I work in the earth. I am released through your intercession. So don't try talking me into it. Just say, come on God, let's go. And he says, yeah, let's go. I'm about to launch this thing. He says, he's been working behind the scenes. Working on the church. Working in in the nations. Getting things ready for the right time. I gave a prophetic word recently. I couldn't believe I was saying this. I checked all the leaders in the room later. I said, man, I just know that was God, but you need to help me. Was that God? Because I said, The reason some of the, you've been hearing these words about prodigals coming in. The reason not many prodigals have come in yet is the Lord said, I I didn't want to bring them into the church as it was. So I've just been protecting them. Because I wanted to bring them into the new era church that I'm raised up. Because if I brought some of them back into what they left, they'd have left again. That's what he said. But I needed them to come in to this new expression because they're going to be infected with it immediately. Then he said, now, get ready. Because I'm going to bring them now. See, we've got to remember, he wants to do this. Was he really going to save America, you know? Is he really going to bring us revival? He wants to do this. Yeah. And he will not be stopped. The big one's coming. So, we're going to pray into that now specifically, we're going to pray against that dam that is keeping the streams from working together the way we need to. Because he said, you have a key now that'll unlock that. That key has to be authority. What else could do it? So, you have a key that can do that. And when it happens, a synergy's coming that's going to be the turning of the nation. Well, that's what, you know, so I believe that. So that's what we're going to do. And it's going to be fun to watch God do this. Are you ready to, are you ready to pray with me? Why don't you stand? Father, you said take the key, the authority that came through the revelation of your heart for us to work together as one first nations people black white, Asian Americans Latinos everything else in between Lord your heart that we would work together and become an expression one expression of who you are in the earth and oh how demons fight this but you said we have authority to unlock it. and So we open, we unlock it and we open the door to this and we say, no man can close this door. This door we are opening now, nobody can close this door. We close the door to the, to the mindsets and the demonic, plans and strategies that have that have hindered this from happening. We close those doors and nobody can open them. We release the spirit, the very spirit of harmony and unity. We release the anointing that starts at the head and flows to all the body. We release the anointing of Holy Spirit to all of our brothers and sisters that are not a part of our stream, but they're a part of the river. They're a part of Him. And we bless them. We honor them. We love them. We will fight for them. We want them to succeed and prosper. we unlock this door we say to the dam that's been holding this back from happening you you are now you are now uh cracked and breaking and you can't hold this flow back anymore and now lord we ask you for the synergy to come we ask you to speak to leaders that are part of movements. It calls something to rise up in them to begin to think differently. How can I bless this tribe or this tribe, this stream, that stream? How can I bless this, these people, that people? I want to reign on not my own part of Israel, but I want to reign over on Zion. So Lord, we command this into the spiritual atmosphere of America. We see every religious spirit that fights this. You are bound in the name of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb from the mercy seat is being applied to us even now to break every barrier, to break every lying spirit, to break every spirit of religion and separation. Doctrinal division. And we say, you will not keep us separated. You will not keep us separated. In America, We'll prosper now, America will prosper in every way that God intended for us to prosper. And we will fulfill all of his purposes for this nation. We will be the voice he's called us to be. We will catch the wave. The big one is coming, we're gonna catch it. The intercessors are still on the beach praying. They're not going to get off of their knees. They're not going to get off of their knees until the big one comes. They're birthing it even now. We thank you, Lord, for them. We thank you for them. We say energize them. Keep the Father Nashes on the knees. Reinvigorate them. Give them energy, fire, fortitude, strength, perseverance. We say to the praying army, we speak over you life and energy and faith. You cannot stop now. Ecclesia, you must persevere. another wind to come, Lord, Pentecost wind. Let the house shake. Signs and wonders be done through the name of Jesus. In the face of all of their threats, we pray with the early church, make us even bolder. grant with all boldness that we speak what you say while you extend your hand to heal. Signs and wonders be done. So we just say the wave is coming. The wind is coming. The rain is coming. The power is coming. The great awakening is coming. The harvest is coming. Say it with say, say, the big one is coming. Come on, agree with Finney, will you? Say, the big one is coming. One is coming. Stay focused. The big, coming. The, big coming. the big one's coming. Say it again, stay focused. The big one's coming.